Tuesday on Daily Delivery. Usually we do this on Monday. Patrick Royce joins me right now to uh, talk about the weekend in sports. <clears throat> Patrick, we're getting to that point in the sports schedule where not as much is uh, necessarily happening, but uh, still plenty to uh, to get to today. Just to want to prom- promote a series coming up next week, too, right off the jump here. We're doing a look back at a whole bunch of uh, big events that happened in Minnesota in 1991 into an early part of 1992 that includes U.S. Open, which Patrick will be talking with me about um, on next week's podcast, North Stars in the, in the NHL Finals, the World Series here between the Twins and Atlanta, the Super Bowl and the Final Four. So much uh, in that 30-year-ago uh, uh, time frame. But uh, right now, uh, Patrick, we're here to talk, uh, talk current events. Um, first of all, how are you doing? Did you give a good, good fourth? I was fine. Yeah, we uh, the neighborhood here, uh, they shoot off a little fireworks. I think the guy down the block ran out before the fourth, though. He was uh, he was going pretty good all last week. And then I didn't hear the <laughs> boom. So uh, maybe he headed for the lake or something. You never know who's heading for the lake. Uh, I always uh, kind of enjoy the people who don't go to the lake, who stick around the Twin Cities and uh, have, have a good old time. And I, I saw plenty of those. I was uh downtown for a little while and uh you know we can still uh, we don't have to go to the lake uh you know you go to the lake the first thing you do is mow the lawn who the who wants to do that who, who has to go who wants to drive three hours to go mow the lawn i i don't get it uh, i've many years ago i 20 years ago probably i wrote a column demeaning cabin owners and they ran it, on the, ran it on the front page of the star tribune that was before we were taking comments, but that would have been interesting because I got a lot of letters on that one or emails. So anyway, you'd get a lot of Twitter feedback on that one too, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. That there would be a little Twitter feedback on that too. But uh, hey, the Twinkies uh, found out the joys of getting decent pitching though the last two days. Isn't isn't that a miracle when you're uh, their ERA uh, entering Maeda's game on Sunday? was 508 exactly one and a half runs higher than last season one and a half runs higher than last season fourth in 19 in 2020 28 in 2021 as we've said before on this conversation mike it's no great mystery as to why this team is buried it's pitching and uh, but I was thrilled to see that Shoemaker uh, uh, cleared waivers. So we got him in St. Paul trying to get shaped up and he could be back at any moment, you know, with this club. So that worries me. I'm going to a Saints game in about a week. What if uh, what if he follows me there? <laughs> what if the shoe was pitching that game? Yeah. Waiting for the other shoe ama- to drop. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. It is amazing how uh, nobody there, there's like the triple A they got this mass of pitchers they have like 16 17 pitchers in triple a you know and so nobody ever gets actually released they they release them but then they clear waivers and they sign them all back they don't get uh, they don't get rid of anybody who no matter how often they've failed Derek Law is back, for goodness sake. So what, what more could a Derek have done to get released, right? I mean, what? don't give the guy a break. Pay him off. Let him go back home and visit his family. Come on. I, it's funny you, you mentioned pitching at the outset because I had jotted down some numbers, and it was kind of the impetus of it was two things. One was uh, Lavelle was on the show on Friday talking about how the Twins – 
you know, and he, he's, you know, covered the beat for so many years. He, he's you know, close with a lot of the, you know, the front office and the inside kind of, kind of stuff. And he, you know, he, his, his understanding is that the twins feel like 2021 is kind of a blip on the radar when it comes to the bad pitching and that they, they've, they've got the right system in place. They believe in it. He's, I think he used the, the analogy of a, like a bad run of cards in, in blackjack. So I went and looked it up. Um, and here's, here's the, Here's the ERAs and the the standings on the pitching since uh, since the Falvey uh, um, Levine regime took over. I know some of this is stuff they inherited, but you know you you also have the opportunity. Pitching is something you can rebuild a little bit on the fly and get better at with a few good decisions. You know, 2017, the first year they're here, team ERA 4.59, 19th in the league or 19th in baseball. 2018, 4.50. 22nd in baseball now, 2019 the year they hit all the home runs obviously uh 4.18 pitching was pretty decent relative to the rest of the league they were eighth last year fourth with 3.58 like you mentioned this year 5.04 now through through those games even after the the good starts they had some bullpen leakage um 28th in the majors so is this just a bad run of luck patrick or do they just not have the horses and aren't, aren't identifying the right horses well, I think I pointed out that they inherited a better starting rotation in 17 than they've ever had since they've been here, right? I mean, look it up. They Gibby had a good year, and I think that was the year Gibby was good. And they basically had a better rotation. Barrios was a kid. He was, he was just starting off. But they had a, they had a better rotation they inherited than they've, they've had, and, and it's certainly better than this collection. To me, uh, the what what bothers you uh, me a lot is the development of starting pitching because yep. the the great thing about having Cod on the broadcast this weekend and my is he a breath of fresh candor isn't he yes. when he's on and but he you know starting pitching still even if you're hooking him in the fifth sixth innings all the time starting pitching is still something you cannot get along without and right now this winder kid they like him he's at st paul cantorino was probably their best prospect but he came down with a bad elbow and he's still an a ball in cedar rapids and belazovich who they liked a lot a couple of years ago they didn't like him enough to have him in st paul last year during the you know when they had the b team over there and uh you know He's in double A now pitching for Wichita because he's been hurt a lot. I just, you know, and Bailey Ober, God love him. To me, he looks like a long-term reliever. I, I don't know how that variety of pitches plays into the sixth or seventh inning. I love the fact that he gets the ball, throws it back, throws strikes. And when he's in the groove, he's pretty dang good. But there's, no development of starting pitching going on here, as far as I can see. They might have, uh, I mean, you're starting, you gave how many stats starts to J.A. Happ and uh, right. Matt Shoemaker, and you can't talk like you're on the cusp here uh, when Pineda's in his 30s, Maeda's in his 30s, Barrios, you're either going to have to pay him a ton of money or let him walk. I mean, trade him and get something. I, I, uh, I would not agree that this is a blip. I think. Uh, plus, you're not young. You know, it's not no. like some young, you know, 
Garber, if he comes back, is going to be 31. Uh, Cruz is, uh, he's probably 41. <laughs> yeah, he's probably in his last year. Sano is a 28 year old washout. Uh, you know, it's, it's, these guys are not young. And, uh, you know, Kepler all of a sudden last night, he hit God Almighty. He's, we talk about Sano discovering right field once in a while. Kepler discovered left field a couple of times this weekend. That gave me a heart palpitations seeing him hit the ball to left field but this isn't a young team on the cusp this is an old i mean polanco turned 28 yesterday that's you know there's not a they're not they're not a young team at all and so i i and there you look at triple a there's nobody there's nobody over there you you i mean maybe miranda now he can hit but there's nobody over there that makes you go, wow, wait till he gets here. We're seeing them all right now. Now, Kirilov, he's going to be a stud. There's no doubt about it. That guy can hit. And Larnick was going to hit 30 home runs, uh, you know, hit a low, hit for lower average, but hit 30 home runs. But the idea that I, I think it's a lot more like 2011 than these guys want to admit. I think that you're, I think it's, you know, I mean, Detroit's better than you are right now, for goodness sake. So I, I, I see no optimism here at all myself. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, I think you hit on it. Like there's the, the, the idea that they can just turn this around quickly you know, based on what we've seen this year. And, and again, this is, you know, coming off two right. You said two good starting pitching outings made. It gave him, you know, really good innings, six innings, I think on, on Sunday. And then Bailey over with the five shutout innings and in their eight, five win. On uh, on Monday, coming home against Chicago, but yeah, it's 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 this idea of the well, who else is gonna who else is gonna fill in behind those guys. And I think you you made a good point with if you're given that many starts to Shoemaker and Half, hoping that they're gonna turn their seasons around, and maybe Half, you know, you can see he's got more of a track record. Shoemaker just letting him kind of roll out there so many times, it just kind of shows you've got no nobody else ready to try to, to try to do that. And you know, one other interesting point on the pitching that I want to bring up too, is that last year, you know, I was curious, you know, cause they were so much better last year, 3.58 ERA fourth in the majors. Well, you know what? I, I wonder how much they fooled themselves a little bit by how poor their competition was last season. Cause I went back and looked at, it. I mean, you had to play only AL central and NL central teams aside from the white Sox, the rest of those eight opponents were all below average league average wise and runs scored last year. There was and seven of the eight were in the bottom eight. So you were, you're pitching to a lot of bad offenses and then, you know, that's starting to feel more like the season that was the outlier instead of the, instead of this season. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, one of the most distressing things to me was when they drafted that Sabato first last year, the big, the, you know, the guy going into the draft as the big lug without a position home run hitter. And that told me these guys believe that the game is going to continue to be a bunch of guys swinging from their rear end, trying to hit home runs, nothing else. And I think, I think it's changing. I think that, uh, I think that, that you're going to have to be able to manufacture some runs you can't load the bases with nobody out and have the next three guys strike out like they do half the time. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they have, I think they still have the old thinking of 2018, <laughs> you know, I mean, the game changes, uh, quickly 
And you look at Houston, you know, Houston's the best hitting team in the league because they put the ball in play. They put the, you know, they, they don't strike out a thousand times. They put the ball in play. They hit a home run. Sure. But they don't, you know, the, the whole thing isn't built on hitting home runs and they, they have not, they're not close to making that transition to a, a more athletic team. Bottom line, when Buxton doesn't play, the number of athletes they have on the field is nil. I mean, Polanco used to run better than he does now because I think his legs have had a lot of problems. Uh, Rise is not fast. Uh, you know, they, they kept, you know, Larnick and Kir- Kirloff's actually a good base runner. You can see that, but he's not fast. Uh, you know, it, it's not an athletic team. And I think you got to have athletes on the field here in the, in the future. And I mean, look at the White Sox. They're playing their second team outfield. They're playing their, they don't have any of their outfielders and uh, they're more athletic than you are. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't, they, I, I don't blame them for trying to convince themselves that, <laughs> right. uh, you know, that they, that they're on the cusp, but uh, let's face it. I, I pointed out this on Twitter yesterday. They have every gadget known to man to improve their pitching. They got the plate and the mound down there to make sure like in Fort Myers to make sure you're landing with the proper force. There was, when they started doing this, there was like seven of them in the world. They got the camera that shows your skeleton to see how all this stuff. I mean, they've invested millions in this stuff to, they gave, they give a little West everything he wants, right? Every weird idea he can come up with. That's going to make you better. I said, They've invested in everything except actual pitchers. <laughs> you know, they've invested in plates and analytics and spin rate. And, and by the way, is spin rate going to become a little less important now that you can't load yourself up with super glue or something? I mean, is it, is, are things, all these spin rate improvements, they convinced themselves were coming from having a plate in the mound that told you how, with what force you were landing could be just because the guy was cheating. Right. I don't know. I mean, but you know, was my Ada cheating last year? Who knows? You know? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I, I, the, 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 the big disappointment of the Falvey regime is Falvey's game. Falvey got the job because he was this young pitching savant in Cleveland and we have not seen that. And, uh, you know, Colomay, as I told you this before, when they signed him and I read, he was a guy who threw cutters 70% of the time it was losing velocity. I said, do the name Phil Hughes ring a bell, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because, you know, we all love Phil Hughes. He had a fantastic year. And then the next year he was throwing three miles an hour less. And, and traditionally the guys who throw cutter, 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 when they lose velocity, they uh, lose effectiveness. And uh, so you gave, they, he got what, 7 million? Something At least. Like I think it was more. I yeah. it was more. But yeah, it was, I mean, he was coming off a great uh, year last year. But again, he was a guy that probably benefited from the week schedule last season too, because he was pitching against yeah. even worse competition, uh, pitching for the White Sox. Just imagine 
if this team was a contender, though, I mean, if they were like, these were important games that we were paying attention to, the nervous breakdowns that Hansel would provide trying to pitch the ninth inning, he, he, he couldn't wait to rush out there yesterday and walk that lead off. Oh, yeah. he, didn't come, he, didn't, he didn't come close throwing four pitches, and then he, I think it was six, right? And Rortman finally went out there and said, hey, throw the ball over the plate, will you? So, and God, I love, I love that young man as a receiver, right, Rortman? But a five-foot-nine catcher who can't hit, I, I, I don't see him playing half the time for a team. But, you know, that's, that's the way it goes without Garber playing, I guess. And it sounds like Garver's coming back after the all-star break. So we'll see about that. He says he's getting ready to getting ready to go. I thought of Garver, unfortunately, last night when, when Rortfit got a foul tip off of a very sensitive yes, area. Yes. So that, that catching style they've got right now leaves you wide open. I think our colleague Chip Scoggins yeah. wrote about that a while back. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get the, you know, trying to steal the low. I don't think it's worth it to steal three pitches a game. You know, I, I don't think it is, you know, that uh, this guy, he's the best pitch framer in baseball. He, he averages 2.1 extra strikes a game, you know, and then he, you know, and then this guy costs you two strikes. So that's four pitches. Is that worth it to not be able to throw anybody out because <laughs> you're right. in that stance? or create more wild pitches and stuff. Now, Rortman's a great pitch blocker. I'll say that for him, but he's so close to the ground. He should be, uh, but they, uh, you know, I, 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 I cannot share the optimism. I mean, you go to spring training and well, we'll have to see if they do anything in the off season. They keep Rios and go out and spend some money for a starting pitcher, but you, you're not going to look, look, you've already seen the best Pineda is ever going to give you. Right. I mean, the yeah. guy weighs 330 pounds. He's not going to get young and spry all of a sudden, right? And, uh, you know, he's a five and a third guy when he's going good. And, uh, you know, and Maeda's all of a sudden, we're all disillusioned with him, even the way he pitched the other day. And, you know, Barrios has been good, but the other day he wasn't that good. But Barrios is going to cost you $150 million if you, if he hits the open market. What are you going to do about that? You're going to pay him that much? I don't think so. I'm Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer at the Star Tribune and the first five-time guest in daily delivery history. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast, our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, and even all of Rand's future blog posts about how the Timberwolves should trade for players they will never get, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Patrick, let's move on to Suns and Bucks NBA Finals. And I want to I pose a question to you about that series. It sounds like Giannis is doubtful for game one. That's uh, tonight, Tuesday night. Um, maybe he'll play as the series goes on. But I'm less concerned about who's going to win this as I am. Is this... Patrick, the ultimate why not us Timberwolves uh, Timberwolves series because you got the Suns who weren't even in the playoffs last season um, who, you know, kind of made this miraculous leap, you know, got one veteran, Chris Paul, and then you know, they were already, already kind of on this trajectory upward, you know, went 8-0 in the bubble last year, but didn't even make the playoffs last year. They're in the finals now all of a sudden. And then you got Milwaukee, this 
comparable market to us that we always compare ourselves to Wisconsin, even though they always seem to have more success than the Minnesota teams and almost everything, especially college sports. But you got this mid, you know, mid-market team that's managed to hold on to its star, that's managed to build around him, and now they're in the finals too. Why not us, Patrick? Why not us? Well, we don't have Giannis for one thing, because uh, he's a much better player than Cat is, because yeah. he shows up. He shows up every night, unlike Cat. But uh, I do think it provides hope that you're not going to be thirty and fifty-two for the rest of your lives. That you're gonna you're gonna be able to you know win in the forties, and you get somebody to go with Edwards and and Towns if he sticks around, and. Uh, you know, you get to get that third. It ain't D-Lo, by the way, or no D-Lo. That, is, that isn't your third guy. You'd be better off without him. Uh, but uh, I like McDaniels. They got they got some nice little second-tier guys, you know. The McDaniels and uh, Nazarene's a good backup center. And, uh, and uh, you know, they got, they got some – they're okay depth wise. I think it's, it's, you know, maybe everybody got on Ricky this year cause he couldn't shoot, but what's new. I thought he was okay. As a, you know, he had, he had to play a lot more than he should have because of Russell, but being hurt all the time, but you know, it's not, I just, I really do feel that it's, it's things just look less hopeless. I said in a piece I, the other day that it, there's a chance for teams that are constructed instead of assembled, you know, I mean, that's, and you know what, you know what part of it is, Mike? What's that? LeBron, LeBron is yeah. now, LeBron is now human, right? LeBron is, you don't mind. You can let it, you'll let him take a shot, you know, go ahead, take a shot. He's not, you know, he's probably, you, I mean, current skill level. Okay, not age, not anything. Who are you going to take, him or Devin Booker? Devin Booker in a heartbeat. There's a lot of guys I'm going to take over LeBron right now. He's slow. He's gotten slow. And, you know, Anthony Davis is beat up. So this idea that all of a sudden if the Lakers just get healthy, they're going to be a monster again, I don't buy it. And uh, I, I think that, you know, Anthony Davis has proven he's going to play – 50 games a year and uh lebron is lebron played was gonna play every game this year and show what a warrior he was and then he broke down what is he 38 yeah 30, uh, 36 37 i feel like 37 he's... i mean he's not he's he's good i mean he's great he can do this and that he's probably the greatest player of my lifetime take that michael jordan but uh i you know he's not where LeBron goes does not mean look out. They're going to be in the finals. Not anymore. I don't think. And I think that ship has sailed, you know, you got Trey young, you got Giannis, you got all these, you know, you got Devin okay. Booker, you got all, all these young guys. I, I think that, uh, I think it's a great, a great sign, but I wouldn't get to the why not us yet until they show me that uh, there's three minutes left and they're down four. they can guard somebody. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to see that before I, uh, before I can get excited about, uh, what the possibilities are. But I, I just, I don't think cats a rally around guy either. I think Giannis is a rally around guy, but that said, you know why this Phoenix bucks series is so much fun. Don't you? What's that? It's the sun's chance to finally get revenge for getting stuck with Neil Walt when, 
the Bucks got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by losing that coin flip. I don't think I know this story. I don't think I know this part of NBA history. By, by the way, LeBron is 36. Looked it up quick. He'll be 37 in December. We, we aged him quickly. Uh, more okay. Quickly he well, he looked aged this year. But the last place team in the West and the last place team in the East, the Bucks and the Suns, who basically came into the league together, flipped a coin to see who'd be number one in the draft. And the Bucks got Lou Al Sindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and then and the Suns got Neil Wolf was the uh, center who was the second pick so uh, I've never even heard of Neil Walk so I guess well, that's, uh, that that'll tell the, you how uh, how lopsided wish, that was the Suns wish they hadn't so <laughs> but the Bucks then Kareem became the first guy basically the first guy to say I'm not culturally satisfied in Milwaukee and you got to, I'm not going to resign with you. And they basically had to trade him, but they won the title in what his third year. I think they had him and Oscar and uh, one of the great tandems in NBA history. And I think it was their third year. He stuck through the first contract and then, then made him trade him to Lakers and to let that, that's a, that's a cutting edge moment in, NBA history too. It's when the stars used when the stars started yeah. dictating where they were going to go, right? So, anyway, something tells me uh, the something tells me the Wolves, by the way, aren't going to be able to trade for Devin Booker. That was the big. No, I mean, you know, I don't. <laughs> uh, that was the big hope, like a I year ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he he wants he has no chance with the Suns, so he wants to get up here and play with his pal Cat. Is is there anything more overrated? Than cats friendships you know, <laughs> I, who cares you know you play basketball you're making enough money that if you guys are friends you can fly to vegas on an off day and hang for two days right uh, right I mean, it's, it's uh it's nonsense but we get so goofy you know oh man him and cat and cat and devin booker they're just the best buddies well in that case i i got news for you the Suns don't want Cat. They got. No. They like the guy they got playing center now because he does what you're supposed to do: block shots, rebounds, and helps out the superstar. So the dream wasn't that far. A couple of years ago, the dream wasn't that far fetched, though. I just had to look it up. I remember the Suns being bad. They two two seasons ago they won 19 games. They were 19 and 63 in the last mm-hmm. full NBA season. And, and now here yet, they are in the finals. And yet their coach, Monty Williams, couldn't beat out my guy Tibbs. For I know. I, I, that, I, I cannot. I still can't believe that. And it's a regular season award. And I think the, the Knicks were even maybe, maybe with the roster they had, what they were able to squeeze out of that roster to get the four seed, but still Monty Williams, like what were they? They won 52 games this year. Didn't they? Weren't they like 52 and 20? Yes. How can you yeah. not win <laughs> something? 51, 52. They had like 10 more regular season wins than Tibbs. Like still, it's a, the I don't power know. That, of, that the, apparently the New York media still has power. I don't know. How. I it's guess Tibbs, Tibbs got many accolades, but I choose to say that it was on merit just to agitate Wolves fans, of course, but I, I just, uh, you know, any, anyhow, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to see. It's fun to see 2D. T- it might not be fun for the ratings, uh, but uh, you know, I think it's great for the NBA and for markets like Minneapolis, where you can just say, you know, it isn't hopeless. I wouldn't say it's why not us, but it isn't, I would say 
it's not hopeless. And <laughs> that's good. Put that on the advertising slogan mm-hmm. for the Wolves next year. Timberwolves basketball, it's not hopeless. The story of the weekend, though, is the goaltender getting shot to death with a oh, fireworks thing. Unbelievable. What the hell was that? Now, they said it was like a big shell that got tilted. Like a mortar, so, yeah. So they let, they have, it was where? Someplace in Michigan. Michigan, right? Michigan yeah. yeah. It was Columbus like, goalie, yeah. Looked like they were partying in Michigan, and he was in a hot tub. Yeah. Oh, this thing got tilted. And then it must have been like the Roman candle of big, big, big charges or something, because they were all running to get away from it. And he got hit in the chest and dead, age 24. You know, that fireworks is with the 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 fireworks we sell in Minnesota is probably about the furthest you want to advance in that area. Although when I was a kid, man, we couldn't. We had a great time. We're lighting our Roman candles and shooting them at each other. You know, oh, yeah, we, had, was... we, had, we had bottle rocket wars. I mean, I was like, it's <laughs> like, what are we, what were we doing? Like, yes, I was yeah. like lucky we didn't take, get an eye taken out. I'll have the fingers and eyes, both eyes and our fingers. It's a miracle. I did once. So I was driving in my car and I, I had some uh, cherry bomb type things in the car with me. And I saw a friend of mine uh, driving in this old Chevy I owned. And I lit it up and threw it out the window, and the window was closed. <laughs> <laughs> Pounced in the back seat, and it blew a big hole in the back seat in the oh, middle. And I drove around the car for about two years with the big hole. And you watch it if you get in the back there, you might fall in a hole. <laughs> oh, Chili bomb hole there. So, anyway, uh, the youthful, uh, youthful indiscretions. Well, yes, yeah, tra- right. tragedy, there were, tragedy there were with, a couple. Yeah, tragedy with the. Obviously, with the, the Columbus story, it's uh, just un- unbelievable and a good reminder yeah. that uh, take it uh, take it easy on the Fourth of July. Well, good stuff, Patrick. Uh, we'll do this again uh, two weeks from now. Next week, you'll be on to talk U.S. Open. But uh, appreciate it, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll reconvene once the uh, sports calendar picks up again a little bit too. All right, sir. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening so much. Good stuff coming up the rest of the week as well. And like I promoted with uh, Patrick Royce, special series coming up next week on 1991 and a look back at all the major events uh, that took place then. Got some some great stuff planned for that. Kent Herbeck, Brian Bellows, plenty of other special guests will join me for that series. Thanks for listening today. We'll catch you again on Wednesday.